This podcast is sponsored by The Hoopery, the brand dedicated to the fashion, lifestyle, and culture of basketball and its fans. Rooted by fundamentals and life lessons the game teaches us. Their goal is to take what we learn through the game and apply that on and off the court. Their gear sells out fast, so make sure you go follow them on social media at The Hoopery and check out their online store at thehoopery.com. That's www.thehoopery.com. Thehoopery.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Coach O, joins the show. He drops crazy heat. Let's dive right in with Coach O. Everyone right now is a basketball trainer, so you have to be careful. Second, you know, when you play, like, for example, I'm not going to throw any club programs under the bus, but you, I've had player A, it was a highly recruited kid, decide to say, hey, I'm going to go play with this AAU team because I've reached a certain level, but when you go play on that AAU team, you have to remember it's a business. They need to keep their shoe contract, they need to go win on the circuit, and they're going to play the best guys they feel. Right. You may not feel you may not fit the mold of that team. You may not fit the mold of that team concept. You may not fit the mold of who that coach is. I've had guys go on and play with certain programs that were on their own sweat equity, doing their thing, no longer be a top one hundred kid. Where I have to reach out to college coaches and not all the time they listen because obviously you know, it's so it's so competitive now. I reach out to college coaches to help kids get recruited. And even with that process, it's tough. When I'm saying, like, I've worked with this, that, and the third. Here's a laundry list of guys I've worked with. Here's the level I've worked with. Now I'm telling you this high school kid can play. You know, they have to also they have to keep allegiance with the AAU program because the AAU program have this huge web of players. So it's like, unless that kid is absolutely special – a person like myself can't call coaches anymore. So it's like, you kind of need both, if that makes sense, right? But that's why I use the term, man. Like I tell kids all the time, it's funny. I made a T-shirt about two months ago, and I've been wearing it, where it says outwork, hashtag outwork. And under it, it's like dash, fears, doubts, politics, and credits. You just have to outwork whatever that barrier is. You have to be better than the politics. You have to be better than the critics. You have to be better than your fears. You have to be better than your doubts. So if you have that mentality and your game speaks that, you'll be fine. Unfortunately, when there's like two kids that are, I would say, the same level, more than likely, that college coach is definitely going to go with the kid that's with an AU program that's affiliated with Nike, Adidas, what have you, because that program not only has one kid, it has 17U, 16U, 15U, 14U, 30 They have a laundry list of kids that they want to recruit in the future. As opposed to that kid playing with an independent team, like say, hypothetically speaking, hypothetically speaking, I had an independent team. I had this one player. If he's on par with one of their guys, 17U, they're probably going to take the big program 17. So I have to make sure if you're going to play for me and I'm an independent program, you have to be better 
and whoever the hell is on that 17U team. So, and now to your point, I think there's a better chance, unless you're just that dude, Jalen Green, you know, Josh Christopher, the top of the top. But if you're that mid-tier guy, I think it's better for you to play with an independent program because now you're the focal point. Right. So if you're in, if you're a mid-tier guy and you're playing next to Josh Christopher and he's getting all the touches on Team A, but if you're a mid-tier guy and you're getting all the touches on Team B, three months from now, the mid-tier guy on Team B on, on the non-brand or the non-political or the non-elite team is going to pass up the mid-tier guy that's playing next to Josh Christopher because Josh Christopher getting all the reps. You know, a la, so we can use it in college, Damon Lillard. I'm getting all the touches, Weber State. I'm the one that's pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll versus whoever the Mickey D's was that went to Kentucky when I got drafted. Clay Thompson, C.J. McCollum, guys like that. Like, I'm getting the primary touches in college, so now I'm ready for the pro game. This year, this year, I mean, it was 8, 9, 10, 11 McDonald's All-American and then you drafted. So, I mean, it goes from middle school, picking the right high school. High school, picking right AU team to get to college. You need to go where your skills are going to be maximized and you're going to be able to get better. Oh, End of the day, bar none. End yeah. of the day. So do the shoe companies help? Yes and no. Right? It helps if you're the dude. But if you're the dude, you're going to get recruited nonetheless. Now, if you're that mid-tier guy, currently, I'm not saying you're going to remain a mid-tier guy. But if you are a mid-tier guy, you better check it. You, you better check yourself, and you better be very for sure that that program is gonna make phone calls because I've definitely had to make phone calls and push coaches and go to high school practice and go work guys out in front of college coaches at high school practice. They played on the top-notch teams on the top-notch team. Director wasn't making a phone call. It's easy for me to make a phone call for. The Jalen Greens, Evan Mobley, Josh Christophers. That's easy. I mean, my grandmother in a wheelchair that don't know basketball can make a phone call for them. Right. right? Like, but can you make a phone call for, you know, the guy that's six man on your team, seven man that is just, you know, it's good. Definitely a Division One player. But if you're not a main dude, a college coach is going to go with a main dude on a on a, on a second tier team than he will a role player on an elite team. And that's what these kids don't realize. Right. The elite guys will get recruit recruited regardless where they go. They go, you know, it's like what's that movie with Shaq back in Blue the day? Chip. Blue chip. Blue chip. Shaq Shaq was in the jungles playing basketball barefoot. I mean, obviously, I'm being facetious and over exaggerating. You're gonna get fined if you're a blue chip. I don't care who you are. You're a blue chipper is gonna get fined. I don't care who you are. Right. If you're not a blue chipper, that's where education with the parents, education with the parents and players and the high school coaching staff and whoever's in their circle, like, look, we need to put him in an environment where he's going to get touches, going to get better, and, and, and just roll the dice. It don't make sense going to play next to guys where he's just setting screens, grabbing rebounds, and throwing outlets. Don't make sense. Yeah, that don't make sense, and I'm not into that either. That's why I was asking right. that question. 
Um, right. Now, a mental side of the game with these young kids, you know, um, you know, I, I'm not into putting handcuffs on any kid and, and giving them the red light. You know, I believe everybody at a young age should always have the green light. Um, how, how do you get not only like a youth player, say age of uh, 11, 12 years old, all the way up into the 15, 16, 18 year olds? Um, how do you get that mental toughness and, and have them believing in themselves? Because, you know, this game of basketball will uh, eat you up, man. It, it teaches a lot of life lessons. It's a very emotional roller coaster of a ride. Um, and, you know, sometimes you, you're climbing really high and you're on the highest part of the levels. And sometimes you're at the deepest slopes going down. So how do you teach them um, the mental side of the game? Hey, man, that's probably the hardest side to teach. Because if it's not taught early, it's harder to teach later, right? So, first, like, it's funny. I had I had a person out here from France, like, three, four weeks ago. They want me to come out there and do a camp. And they know I train NBA guys. And so they were trying to film me training young kids because they want to take that footage back and show it to whatever their programs were out there for me to come out there. And it was very important for, this, for, me, for them to see that. So I posed the question, why? Well, I need them to see how you train young guys because it's different from young to pros. And I said, no, it's fucking not. I have the same expectation for the kid in diapers that's five years old than I do with my multi-all-star when it comes to work ethic and mental toughness. Because if you don't have it, I don't care how skilled you are, you're not going to play the game. You can be terrible, absolutely terrible skill-wise. But if you don't have any sort of toughness and grit, you can't play this this game of basketball you can't play the game of life and so let me back it up so i like to put kids in the most challenging environment possible and obviously when they meet that challenge what happens confidence is built and when they meet that challenge then you you put out that uh that finish line even further then when they cross that finish line you push it out even further even at the nba level and then but even while i'm challenging them challenge them it's still positive reinforcement. I'm tough. And there's a reason for it. I'm passionate. And I'm not going to cheat you. My job is to make sure I can maximize every single intangible you have, every single God-gift talent you have, every single skill I can implement, or else there's no point. We're not just going to sit. Like, say, for example, the goal is, hey, we're going to make you a better shooter this summer. Okay, we accomplished that. We're going to sit still and just hang our hats on it. Okay, now we got to be able to create one or three dribbles. Okay, you've done that. Okay, what's next? I'm always looking for what's next. And where the confidence comes in is when kids execute shit that they couldn't do before. Now, on the coaching aspect, right? Like, it's a two-way street. As parents and guardians, you have to put your kid in a situation where a coach is going to be tough but fair. Because you can have the most confident kid. Now, they say we built him up in middle school. He's training. We've we've, a lot, we've we've built him up now. Say he is a confident kid. He go play for a high school coach. They don't play him. That every mistake subs, subs him out. You can be broken. Right. You're a pro guy. You're a pro. I've seen that happen to pros. A lot of people are like, yo, what happened to him? He tapped out. I'm, I'm one of them guys on, that don't think guys tap out physically. You tap out mentally. Right. Right? Like, why is it that Steve Nash is a perennial all-star and he can't touch the backboard? He doesn't have, like, physically, he's not more gifted than, say, 
Gosh, I don't even want to say a name because I don't want to disrespect anybody. Let's just say Derek Fisher. Okay. He's not more physically gifted than a Derek Fisher. I think Derek Fisher is more athletic, quicker. But he trained, 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 and worked on things that was conducive to his skill set and his athletic capability. He's a he's a Hall of Famer. Derek Fisher is a none against Derek Fisher. He had a really great career. Derek Fisher is an initiator and our playoff guys. So and not like I said, I don't want to disrespect him, but I would say Derek Fisher is more athletic. Derek Fisher is a better defender. Derek Fisher is physically, I guess, more gifted. Steve Nash is a better basketball player. So the point to that is, I don't think you tap out physically, right? Like you tap out mentally. So it's coaches and 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 so forth. It's our job to make sure our guys are always confident, right? Like we tell kids all the time, the game is ninety percent mental. So if it's ninety percent mental, why am I going to kill ninety percent of their games by killing their confidence? Confidence is, is the mental part. Right. So, like, I, I'm not subbing you off every mistake. you got to be able to play through mistakes. And I mean aggressive mistakes. If it's yes. passive mistakes and things that you're doing that I'm telling that, that you're not trying to execute that I'm telling you. If you're trying to execute what I'm telling you and you make a mistake, I'm not going to sub you. I'm not going to put you on the line and run sprints. Big Mike D'Antoni fan. Okay. But what Mike does is every dude on his team better shoot the ball. Right. So you have got so even at the NBA level, they need to hear shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. Play your game. Do what you do. Shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. Play your game. Do what you do. You have guys to go play man and have career years. Because even at the NBA level, they need coaches telling them to play through mistakes. Yeah. So so mental toughness can be taught. Can I don't can be taught if it's early, but it can also be broken. You can be a mentally tough person, but it can be broken if you play for the wrong person. And so, um, yeah, man, it's it's it's. Uh, but I think it needs to be taught early, right? It needs to be taught early. But I, I also know that it can be broken. So, like Spencer Dinwiddie, I mean, he's one of the most mentally apt like he's locked in he was in the league out the league on the g league i remember two years ago man he's called me at 6 p.m walking the beach after we worked out at 9 a.m we were done he leaves the gym santa Monica, he's walking the beach because you know what's about to happen in brooklyn he don't know if he's getting signed his contract he gets an extension through training camp that's one of the point days and uh that's what he told me. He said, man, I can't work out, work out, work out of training camp and get cut after training camp. So he's walking, scared, walking. But, like, he put the work in. Then he gets there. He put the work. He's always been doubted. He's always overcoming. When he's best, he's best with his back against the wall. And that's that's hard because I've also seen the flip side, in, like you have, where guys have been broken by the system. Some talented, talented guys have been broken by the system because their foundation wasn't great. So here's the weird part, right? It goes back to one of the questions you just asked. And I think, fuck that. I know. I hope I can curse on your podcast. Yes, I, I fucking, I fucking know. That's where AAU kill kids. Right. Right? And the elite kids. Right? Because it's not the kid that had to overcome challenges that always get broken down the road. It's the kid we always... We never ask about that mid-level kid, hey, what happened to him? We don't ask that. We ask about the kids who's getting shoes delivered to his house since he was 12, 13 years old. And when that motherfucker hit an obstacle, 
because he's been told how great he was and how all these AU coaches are telling him and all the shoe companies and all all the guys, are, you're the best thing. And that's another reason I don't like AU basketball because we're telling 11, 12, 13, 14, you're, you're the best thing since sliced bread. No, yeah. you ain't fucking accomplish it. You're 11 years old. And then when that kid gets hit with reality at 19, after being told how great he was from 11, 12, 13, he don't know how to respond. But then you get a kid like Spencer, who was placed on the Pumps' second team, went to Adidas 64, won the championship, was at Taft, was being recruited over, you know, had Mark Jackson's son coming in, Larry Drew's younger brother coming in, like, you know, because Coach Taylor didn't realize how great he would be. Then Coach Taylor respected his grind, his hustle, but he was being recruited up going into his junior year. We contemplated a transfer. He said, no, I ain't transferring. I'm going to play here. And then that summer going to his junior year, Kansas, and everybody started recruiting him. You know, and then Coach Taylor saw how much better he got and started playing. But he was always doubted. He said, you know, I'm going to go to Colorado. Colorado joined the Pac-12. Once it was supposed to be last place. No, we're going to win the championship. They won the championship his freshman year. So it's like the kids that go through adversity early and that fire's always on their ass, I think it's always prepared for the real world down the line. The kids that are told how great they are, hopefully they're told forever how great they are. Because a lot of times when they're told they're not great, they don't know how to respond. Because they weren't given they weren't given that. Oh yeah. You know, so yeah. so that's another down thing for me for AAU. I don't give a like like for example, gosh, I don't want to say kids' names. You guys have a kid in San Diego that I love. I love his work ethic. I think he's a monster incoming freshman. I think he's a stud. I won't tell him that. I'm trying to figure out what we got to do next to get you better. I think this kid has like every single online publications saying he, you're the best thing since sliced bread. I wonder what's going to get hit in his mouth one time. Right? right? Like. I hope he's able to respond because he's being told because he's his talent is of a 20-year-old, but his mindset is still 13, 14, 15. That's what we forget. They're still fucking kids. Yeah. We're giving them everything so early that when they get hit in the mouth, how do I respond? Well, I get upset when coaches at AAU are saying how your 11 or 12-year-old need to be at a certain level because these all-star kids at 11 and 12 are doing this, this, and this. At a high level, but I'm like, hey, bro, how do you know that this kid's puberty or this his his athleticism isn't gonna fire off at 14, and he's gonna surpass that kid in two years, or better yet, maybe at 16? How how, how do you how do you pick and choose where this kid is going based on just what you see athletically? Because what you don't know is how much this kid may grind. This kid may grind five days a week harder than that kid. It's just he's got to keep putting in the reps and the reps and the reps until his body and his mind connect together and finally take off. Right. So to me, I just, I look at people and I, when they start talking mess like that about kids, I'm like, you guys are crazy. Right. No, exactly. I mean, here's the thing, man. My goal, and, and here's the thing. I've also lost clients because of that. I mean, when I first got in this game and not that, and not that I could do it because I had a kid at 19, 20. I had players like, Gay Pruitt, you know, he played at Westchester, USC. He was in the league for a second. Trevor Reese was the first game. I met him through Hoop Masters. I hear guys say, man, you, man, you too hard on me. I hear that. I've heard that. But I'm like, 
I'd be cheating you. I'd be cheating you if I wasn't. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to be in your circle to be a yes man. I want to be in your circle because I'm trying to be your best man. So it's like I don't want to be your yes man. Like that's easy. Let me be your best man. And that means you know. And don't get me wrong. Trevor's had a great career. Absolutely. A great career. I'm and I'm not saying this in a negative light. He's one of my first elite kids. I remember when I had him in Hoop Masters, Coach Fisher gave me a team with him, Gabe, and a couple other guys at the time. I think Trevor was, they had him around the basket. And looking at his frame, he'd never be a back, back to the basket. So I moved him to the perimeter. And I coached that team. I was a freshman and a sophomore in college. So during the summers, I'd come home. And coach, I, I respect Coach Fisher, John Fisher, and Hoop Masters so much because John don't take anybody's shit. So that's why I helped his program. I learned a lot from John. But John also sometimes I relate to certain players because he's so tough, you know, the white guy and here's these, you know, inner city kids or what have you. So he gave me this team. And Trevor several times wanted to quit where he left the gym, called his mom on the phone. Um, Lolita, and I'm like, man, this kid can be really special. He's had a great career. Has Trevor made an all-star team yet? No. No. Right. So, I'm not saying this in a bad way. He's that Gregor. Man, Trump is 6'8", 6'9", with a lot of tools in his bag. Right? And so, as, as you move on later, you become, you fall into a role. But I remember when he was at UCLA and before that I pushed. And I don't know if it was Trevor Percy. I'm just saying, at that time, I was losing a lot of players. Gabe's one of them. I know for sure. Gabe was like, man, you too hard on me. Well, not to not Gabe. Gabe was one of the top six. Uh, one of the first to me long point guards that everyone's looking for now, six four six five, um, played at USC, had a phenomenal career at USC. I thought he was better than Nick Young at USC. Nick Young's had a better career. Gay went to Boston, um, got drafted by Boston, then pan out. But I do know Gay told me and told one of his friends who you know I talked to him that man, oh, it was too tough on me. Okay, and somehow you're out the league. You ain't been in the league since you're. I'm like, I'm not going to cheat you. That's the thing. Like, I may be tough on you, but there's a reason why I'm tough on you. I'm not going to cheat you, right? Like, if I'm not hard on you, and if I'm not pushing the envelope, why the fuck are you asking me for help? If you have a mentor, but you have all the answers, why do you have a mentor? The point to a mentor is to push you into an uncomfort environment so you can grow, hence the term mentor. You're teaching me. I'm right. learning from you. But if you already know everything I know, then I'm not a mentor. I'm your buddy. So, Ooh, um, like that. Uh, yeah, I'm like, and I don't want to be your buddy. I want to be your buddy, yeah, off the court. Yeah, man, let's go out. You know, let's go watch a movie. So, like, with my, my, my new guys, Shay and all these guys, and we go to the movies, but when we're on the court, I'm pushing it. We're going to argue. It's funny. I had, a, I had a workout with Shay today. I had him working between the lane lines. He can't go outside the lane lines with two defenders. Man, you got two defenders. I can't. There's no space. I said, no, you can get there. You ain't going to beat him with one move. You have to work one guy. You have to work one guy. Work another guy. Work one guy work, and work your way up. And once you get to half court, now it's one guy guarding you, and it's live with a 6'10 dude in the paint to be help man. So you got to work your way, but they want to beat you soon. I mean, this is impossible. I said, it's not impossible. You just want to beat them with one move. The whole objective is you're an NBA players. These are two of my interns that don't, that's not NBA players. 
I, that's why I made it challenging so you can work. So I've given you just the parameters, the level of the lane line. That ain't a lot of space. Now, if it was you and another NBA guy, okay, one-on-one, -on -one, let's work. I have to check. Oh, man, this don't make sense. At the end of the work, I said, man, you know what I mean? I was just arguing with you, man, like, you were right. I said, I know, you, you just want, you know, like, but I respect that about him.